How do we achieve our goals in hypnosis, coaching or therapy? This is the question that we are going to tackle today. When you look into the different discussion groups, for example, on social media like Facebook, you'll find questions like, I have a client here, the situation is this and that, and how do I work with him or her? What is not said is usually, what does the client want to achieve? What is the goal of the client? Where does the client want to go? And what does the client want from the hypnotist? Welcome to episode 10 of Hypno Talks Questions and Answers. My name is Axel Hombach. I'm a hypnotist and trainer for hypnosis and self-hypnosis in Cologne, Germany. I'm sitting here online with Dr. John Butler, the director of the HTI, the Hypnotherapy Training International, the leading school of analytical hypnosis called Transforming Therapy. Hello, John. Hello, Axel. Prior to this interview, we talked a bit about today's topic, goal achievement. We talked a bit about the difficulties of where the work with our clients is going. This is something that I also know from my own experience. Not only what I mentioned in the introduction, that when we look at the questions in the hypnotist's help groups, usually the questions describe situations, the circumstances. My client is so-and-so. The situation is so-and-so. How do I work or progress with my client from here? But what almost never is mentioned, what is the client's goal? What is he coming for? What is he or she paying the hypnotist to do? Talking from my own personal experience, for example, I had a client recently who came with weight issues. She wanted to lose six kilos of weight. And in the various sessions, the sessions had different subtopics. For example, being more relaxed when she is with her partner. And in hindsight, we always managed to achieve what she wanted to achieve in the particular sessions, except losing weight. Now, with your experience, John, goal achievement, goal setting, what is it, what makes it so difficult for many people to achieve their goals, even when they go to a specialist like a hypnotist, a therapist or a coach? Well, Axel, you mentioned we had a few words earlier, and I'd mentioned that it's such a critical thing in therapy, that stage of setting goals, because most people will only have the vague and non-specific wishes or hopes. At least they're there in therapy to achieve something, but they really don't know what it is. They'll usually talk about what they don't want. They don't want to be anxious or stressed. Things they want to get rid of. I want to lose weight, stop smoking. All right, well, that, that's still what the energy they want to change, the, the direction in which they're using their energy. So we must have a, a new version of where they put the energy. You can't have nothing going on with the psyche, so to speak. So, for example, they're going to lose weight. That means they have to be eating better, less food, better foods, perhaps, and taking exercise and so on. So defining the goal is very critical for therapy. And 
we're talking very briefly about it today. I mean, there's workshops I've given on this where we spend a whole day on goal clarification as the, the first step in goal setting, which allows us then to move meaningfully towards goals. You see, if you've set the goals properly and they are congruent with the person's values, commitments, motivation, then you have a very high level of success. Otherwise, the goals may not be achieved. Now, you mentioned the person, example, losing weight. Well, she obviously got a lot of benefit from the therapy, but kept putting off losing weight. Now, that may be called procrastination. It may be a form of self-sabotage. Procrastination not being a good word, of course, for therapy purposes. We would call it avoidance. So, does she really want to lose weight? Is there... Is it just a matter of giving her good, strong programming that's very well developed and that then helps her achieve the goal because she can visualize it, imagine it, get it into her subconscious? Because if the subconscious doesn't agree with the goal, if it doesn't accept it meaningfully, it won't be achieved. Now, you know that there are cases where the programming is certainly not enough. And so then you have to look deeper into what's going on in the mind. What is the sabotaging, inhibiting mechanisms that are involved? And I think therapists sometimes oversimplify this process. You know, we, in transforming therapy, the way we teach a therapy in HTI, we start with goal setting from the very first statement we make to the client. When we say to them, how can I help you today? We want them to begin to take ownership of the goal, define the goal. So when they say, I want to stop being anxious. Well, we then work with them to change that to, well, what do you want to do instead of being anxious, such as more confident or positive or courageous in life? So you see, setting the goal means you have somewhere to head towards. And if that's not clear, if there's no destination, how can you move towards it? And the more clear the goal is defined, in the business world, even, we use the acronym SMART, S-M-A-R-T, which is specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, with a timetable. There's more to it than that, but that's very valuable as a starting point. We would also look at the purpose and meaning of the goal, what's behind the goal. Let's say somebody wants to be very successful in business. They keep seeming to fail. Well, their real goal may be to fail. They have a strong will to fail as opposed to the opposite polarity of the energy, the will to succeed. And that could reflect several things within them, the fear of failure, the fear of success, the fear they're not worthy, ultimately not quite lovable and deserving of that. So there could be self-sabotage, self-undermining, self-hatred of various kinds. But see, when you've got the goal clarified and you're working meaningfully towards it, then you're in a position to look at what else may be going on that's inhibiting the goal. But until you set the goal clearly at the beginning, and that's where that would be very important. Now, sometimes, obviously, it's a very more simpler thing. They want to stop smoking, but even there, they must learn to relax without tobacco. That's part of the goal, because otherwise they'll find they'll go back smoking after a while because they feel tense, irritable or they'll be comfort eating, maybe using some other drug. So we really wouldn't have achieved very much by swapping one kind of 
destructive behavior, so-called addiction for another. So if we think about our goals for our lives, our goals as therapists, how good we want to become, what we want to achieve, we must sit down and conceive the goal clearly. There's different steps in that, which you have to look into values. You've got to look at how much you're willing to give up, what you're willing to do, fears or changes in yourself you must make. And we can work on that too. The goals, clarification, and then you pledge, you make the shorter, medium, long-term commitments, and so on. Now you are going to be working in a more scientific, meaningful way towards the goals. Now in the therapy, unless you're one of these therapists who promises the sun, moon, and stars, and I can cure everything in one session, which only occurs because the client is usually ready for change and it's largely placebo work involved, plus a bit of therapy. Many clients will need more than one session and over one to four or five sessions, you can help them as they progress towards the goals as they have to learn to persist, to deal with setbacks, which are just learning, the so-called failures which are learning. And they learn to get over the fear of that. They learn to be adaptable and flexible to move towards their goals. They learn how to have that mental toughness that's so important for life, that persistence that makes you able to go through and learn from all the experience you need to learn to become flexible and adaptive. So over the four sessions, in a way, therapy is like a mini version of life. The client learns that when things are going tough, They've had that initial great success of losing weight between the first and the second session, perhaps. That happens with quite a few people. Then they run into problems that that's great. That's the real therapy is only starting now. And if you've explained your work and how goals are set and maintained and worked on, the client must go on that journey with you and learn to achieve the goals for the therapy that they're taking responsibility for, they're getting ready to commit to change, you're helping them with that, you're teaching the self-hypnosis, the many methods, strategies, tools, techniques that will help them through the visualization, imagination and the program, you know, how to give the right kind of positive suggestions in everyday life, so-called positive thinking, but not, not stupidly positive positive thinking that's based on very creative thinking really so as they learn those skills of the mind not only will they achieve that goal they came from for you to to you for the losing weight but they've learned some of the main things they need now to help them take control and responsibility and achieve goals of other kinds in life and very often the client will then say to you well now you've helped me with my weight loss I'd like you to help me with my business success or some other area that they're struggling with. With what you mentioned, two things cross my mind. A little bit earlier, you mentioned the acronym SMART, that goals have to be specific, for example. The question that crosses my mind is, how specific does a suggestion have to be? For example... It happens over and over again that a client says, well, actually, I just want to be happy. Then I start working with them on what actually do they mean with I want to be happy. 
What does happy mean for them? The other thing that you mentioned, persistence. Something that I find over and over again is that why clients come especially to hypnosis sessions or request sessions with hypnotists is because they believe that they have their wishes. I deliberately say wishes, not goals. Their wishes fulfilled within a very short time, maybe one session, and they don't even have to work towards that their wish, their goal is fulfilled. So you already have talked a little bit about those two points. Could you elaborate on that a little bit more, perhaps starting with how specific a goal has to be? The answer is very specific. You can't work with generalities, vaguenesses, and sort of just sort of generalized theory about something. That's only intellectual and the subconscious doesn't respond to it. It must be meaningful at a deep emotional level and also at a levels of credibility, of practicality. Uh, you're aware of the programming rules we have, how to structure programming suggestions that the goals... Uh, the suggestions are framed in terms of being specific, present tense, very positive with strong emotional resonance for that client, and so on. And so I would say make it absolutely as specific as possibly can. And I find a lot of therapists drift away from that, and it probably reflects their personalities and their problems in life. They'll often give clients very generalized suggestions sometimes in very metaphysically pleasant suggestions, you know, the universe is for you and, and it's smiling on you and you deserve abundance, you know, and that may help them feel a bit better. But you see, what, that's about potential of the universe, but it's not telling them what the specific outcome is. And the reluctance to set a specific outcome is often reflecting a desire to fail. I can imagine that has also to do with the fact that from the side of a hypnotist, working with a client on what he wants to achieve is really hard work. For example, when I work with my clients, usually I have them prepare what they want to achieve. I give them a three-part preparation work. In the first part, they describe what they don't want or what they no longer want. On the basis of that, they describe in the second part what they want. And on that basis, I'm asking them to describe in the third part what it is, what it is like when you are already where, where you want to be. I ask them to write it as I do this, I do that, I do X, Y, Z. Write it as if you already do it. Write it as if you are already there where you want to be. Yes, and, and you're doing it now. Mm -hmm. Be there where you want to be and describe what you do, not what you wish, etc. But describe exactly what you do and how you do it. I find it difficult to work with them on that it takes a lot of effort to be specific and precise well that's because that's where they're very weak and that's where their mind is subconscious levels of their mind 
doesn't kind of possibly in some cases yet accept that they're going to be able to achieve that goal. And, you know, because they can't conceive it, how can they achieve it? You must, as the old saying goes, conceive it to achieve it. But obviously there's a lot more than there in the formula than that. You must conceive it, believe it, and then begin to act towards it to achieve it. It requires activities of the mind and sometimes physically, depending on what you're trying to achieve. And yes, they have to work and push through that. Now, their minds and imagination are limiting them. And so, as you know, we have, at the very beginning of therapy, we do it almost as a, it sounds a bit childish, we'd say, if I have a magic wand and wave it over your head right now, how are you different? As you walk out of this office, how are you different in thoughts, words, and actions? And, and be clear and specific as they can be. Now, they, you obviously, for people who, who don't have a lot of confidence in their own ideas and themselves, who don't haven't yet worked on the goal enough, that'll be vague. It'll be non-specific a bit. We will make it as specific as we can be, Axel. And then, as they progress, it will become clearer. It'll become clearer whether, in what ways they're sabotaging themselves by not having a goal. Or some people with these huge, big goals, which are only means of self-sabotage, that they're designed to fail. And you could check that out with IMR and other methods. Is this lack of uh, clarity your decision to fail? Well, we wouldn't ask the question quite like that, but we can just check it out in different ways. And so you know as well that the goal for money might be really a goal for security or a goal for power or status. And of course, often when they get the money, they don't feel that secure or uh, happy in other ways. And so... Well, what does the desire, you, you peel it away like layers of the onion. What would the security mean? And that means, you know, they never felt safe, strong in life or whatever. And that may take you to things of their past. Okay, so I've talked a kind of a, a long way there about getting them nailed down. Really, with the magic wand, you've only got the wish, you know, the three wishes, the genie, the lamp or whatever. Give me exactly what you want and let your imagination guide you here, like with the magic wand, and then take it on from there. And then you get rid of unrealistic goals, goals that are just vague projections and wishes that have no no basis in reality and are only designed to fail, maybe. And for people who are not going to commit, and you said these people with instant gratification, well, that's all they're ever going to get in life because that's just an escapist mechanism often that people believe and it's common in our culture that things can be always just what you want when you want them. And of course, some things in life can be quite quickly achieved. Others will take work, commitment and growth. And those are the things that are the most value, have the most meaning and purpose, which will carry you through your life and give you a great life. If you pursue your wishful, your instant gratifications, it may well lead you down the, into the world of escapism of drugs and food addictions, pornography addictions, and you'll get what we have out there in the world, a lot of people very much seduced by, you know, the, the, the superficial pleasures, the hedonistic approach to life. If it feels good, do it. You have already started to talk about the persistence part of the question that I asked earlier. Persistence is a big problem. 
the instant gratification you mentioned a few moments ago is also becoming a problem for people. As I understood, this wish for instant gratification instead of working really hard towards a goal and not having the persistence to work towards this goal is in fact actually a kind of not really knowing where you want to go and why you want to go there. Yes, and that's a whole area. I mean, we when you begin your starting work on goals, then you're in that next phase, the persistence and adapting and learning. And like relapses and failures, they're the necessary learning. I mean, unless they're just relapsing in a very totally destructive way, which even there they can learn from. But people and good therapists know this, the initial euphoria and positive successes, sometimes that's it. It's permanent and moves forward on that basis. Other people, the next step will be finding their battles, negativity and sabotage, their inner enemies coming to the fore. That's now when the real therapy begins for them and persistence is vital And, you know, we do work as fast as possible, but we don't promote any phony miracles that it's all over in one session, when in many cases that won't be the case. Because our time has already very much progressed and we are coming to an end, John. Yes. Could you summarize what you've said in a few sentences? Yes, I will, Axel. First, be very specific and use the SMART acronym as a part of it. Don't work with clients when they're just in vagueness because they'll only be into self-sabotage and dragging the therapy down and then blaming the therapist, perhaps. Work to make sure the goals are congruent, that they're motivated and committing to those goals. Teach them about the need to be flexible, adaptive and understand the goals and its meaning and purpose for them, how much they really want it and commit to it. And then deal with any deeper issues, provided you've done excellent programming, you teach them self-hypnosis, the kind of things we teach at HTI, and with the books and materials that we all provide, like Gil Boyne's self-hypnosis book, they'll be reinforcing their own commitment all the time and persisting and learning through that process so they'll have real achievements and outcomes and they won't be uh, diverting into just escapism, which is just another trap, that instant gratification, that trap that so easily damages our lives. I would like to add that goals, setting goals, working towards goals, goals achievement is not only important for our clients. It is also very important for us hypnotists, be it coaches or therapists. We also need to have very, very specific, clear goals. How we want to work, with who we want to work, what we want to achieve with our clients. And unless we haven't set our own goals, well, then it's almost futile working with our clients. Completely. We worked, we'll go, all therapists go through phases in their career of having to learn and change things. Um, they'll run into difficult clients that challenge them. And if they're honest, they'll face up to those limitations. There may be things in the therapist's personality that has to be worked on. And that'll be a particular goal, because every human being has strengths and weaknesses. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Hypno-coaches, 
And coaches are working on a very goal-oriented way, a very much about success consciousness, not the pathology-oriented consciousness that often bogs down uh, psychotherapy. So we must become quite expert in understanding this field of goals and applying it in our own lives as well as with our clients. Thank you very much, John. Unfortunately, our time has already come to an end and I'm very much looking forward to our next HypnoTalks questions and answer session. Thank you very much, John. Have a great and fantastic day. Thank you, Axel. Always happy to give some knowledge and uh, looking forward to following up with people who are interested, getting in touch with us more and taking these uh, very fascinating topics uh, further and learning more about our, our work and uh, in developing the hypnotherapy community and the profession to a, a very high level. We welcome all involvement with that. So thank you again. For today, goodbye for now. Bye for now. And to all of our listeners, if you have liked this episode, please give us a like, a friendly comment, subscribe to our channels and spread this episode via email and on social media. And make sure to follow up with our next episodes. With that said, I'm Axel Hombach, online with Dr. John Butler. Have a great time. Until next time.